Who will be a guest in your tent? Certainly not the ones who don't want to repent and keep giving guns to the poorest of our nation's sons. Who is gonna call you by name? No confusion, Trinity, or preacher's vein. Who says it every time? Hello, welcome to Press Track by Track. I'm your host, Darren, and today we're going to be talking about SST and Brand New Orleans from the single SST, recorded on the 2nd of September 2005 at Paisley Park and released on the 3rd of September 2005. Uh, I have a feeling if Prince could have done this for his entire career, just record an album, record a song one day and release it to the public the next day, he would have loved to have done this. Rarely did he get the opportunity to uh, <laughs> just kind of record songs and then release them immediately the next day. Um, it was streamed on the 3rd of September 2005, and then it was made available, um, I think, two to three days later um, as a downloadable file. Um, and then, uh, like, uh, I don't know, like almost two weeks later, there was a CD copy of the single that was released. Um, it performed fairly well on the charts. Um, you know, it got to um, it got to number. I say fairly well. It got to number one hundred and eleven on the <laughs> Billboard one hundred. So, <laughs> and it was only in the chart for one week. Um, but on the Hot Singles, it was there for twenty three. It got to number twenty three and was there for seventeen weeks. Um, and on the Digital Songs, it got to number fifty six. And on the Billboard Pop one hundred, which is I don't know probably the first time I've ever seen that chart for a Prince single, it got to number sixty seven. Um, so the tracks are three minutes 39 for SST, uh, which then merges into Brand New Orleans, which is six minutes 37. And joining me to talk about these tracks today is Spencer Seams. Hello, Spencer. Hello, Darren. Um, so, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, Hurricane Katrina was, uh, you know, a huge event. I think there's been like what Hurricane Sandy was probably about this, the same kind of strength as Hurricane Katrina. Uh, um, you know, this was like a, a category five, um, you know, hurricane uh, that, that kind of uh, I think I think it, it kind of ended up as a category three by the time it got to Louisiana and Mississippi. Hmm. Uh, obviously, you know, it devastated, you know, a large portion of New Orleans. We all remember the kind of the scenes of the, you know, the football stadium and, yeah. you know, all the all the kind of, you know, the imagery from it. It's likely to, like, a, I think, four-hour documentary uh, on yes. it, too. When the when the levees break, you know, which is the name of a Led Zeppelin song, I think. Oh. I don't know if I don't know if that's where he took the title from, but it, I guess I guess the fact that the levees broke, it, I guess that title is very apt, um, you know, either way. But, yeah, you know, it, like, it, it, I, I feel like it's so weird because at this point, you know, uh, what with, you know, climate change and, uh, and various other things, we've had so many kind of, like, big storms like this now mm-hmm. um, and they happen more frequently and they are kind of uh, just as devastating it's it's just kind of weird that hurricane katrina seems like you know i wouldn't say a small event now but it, it like the level of destruction seems like kind of more commonplace um and you know i don't want to get political but you know mm-hmm. <laughs> we've had so many of these storms now um, you know that, like before Katrina, I, th- I think uh-huh. the amount of storms that we'd had of that size were kind of—I um, don't know—you can kind of count them on a couple of hands. They were kind of very memorable. But since then, there's uh, been you know, I can think of storms. pre-Katrina would have been Hurricane Andrew, early '90s in Florida. Yeah, and there was one in the '60s that hit like uh, the Carolinas and hit Delaware and hit Maryland. That was it, it pretty much destroyed. One of the major beaches here in Delaware, Rehoboth, 
and there's pictures of the, of the famous boardwalk, which I think Rehoboth is where the Linguist America pageant started or something. There's some major pageants started there, but um, there's a huge famous boardwalk that got annihilated from this hurricane. So, like, uh, there, so, but pre Katrina, like, there weren't that many huge ones. Uh, I mean, there were a few in the 30s, uh, obviously, which no, neither of us would remember. There was one that that was called, that landed in, uh, that was called, I mean, San, San Felipe 2, which is hmm. a, <laughs> such a, a weird name for it. That that was in uh, 1928, and that, that killed 4,000 people. Uh, and there's another one, uh, Hurricane Cuba, in 1932 as well, which killed another 3,000 people. Um, but yeah, in terms of like the amount of deaths, there was a. I remember there was there was there was one in the seventies as well, which was Hurricane David, which killed like a couple of thousand mm. people. Um, and before, yeah, you said like Andrew was fairly big, although the death toll was not as high as Katrina. Um, but then there was also Hurricane Mitch, um, but that's mostly in Central America, um, and it just kind of came up to the tip of Florida towards the end, and that actually killed nineteen thousand people. Oh, Jesus, um, but. Yeah, but Hurricane Katrina, that like 1,800 people, that is kind of like the biggest storm that, you know, uh, they'd that's certainly been on American soil for, uh, you know, like 60 years. Uh, and since then, we've had like a few kind of, um, you know, f- fairly big Category 5 ones like, you know, Hurricane Wilmer and uh, Hurricane Matthew. Uh, and then most recently, of course, we had, um, you know, Irma and, uh, and Maria. Um, you know, Maria, obviously, the death toll now is some, you know, getting close to 6,000. Um, and I, I don't know, like the the fact that, you know, the, these kind of category five hurricanes are becoming more frequent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the fact that there were two in 2017, one in 2016, you know, admittedly, that was the first time in like a decade that they'd been that many. But still, you know, the kind of the frequency of them, um, you know, for, in 2005, there were there were four, you know, category five hurricanes. And that's. You know, it. I don't know. It, it. It seems to me like you know this is something that you know. So in the two thousands, there's been mm-hmm. I don't know like ten or eleven of these. In the entire of the nineties, there were like three, <laughs> and, yeah. and in the entire of the eighties, there were like three. So like I, I don't know. I I don't I don't know that you can look at the free again in the seventies as well. There've been three. So like there've been three a decade. You know, all the way up until the nineties, and then in the last kind of like fifteen years, there's been like ten. You know. Mm. It just feels like it's a, you know a very real problem, uh, and it, and it's you know it's gonna it's not like this is gonna go away, you know it's not like all of a sudden there's gonna be less hurricanes <laughs> like it's it's gonna keep getting like this, um, so obviously you know th- th- this was like a, a huge kind of you know um, you know disaster, um, you know uh, the, the, the title SST um, within the song, <laughs> Prince talks about Sade's sweetest taboo. Um, and that is kind of like, you know, the the acronym that you know, like most people, you know, kind of refer to this. Um, but there's also a thing called sea surface temperature, which is how hurricanes are forecasted. And so it's also a reference to that, which I don't okay. know. It just feels like. Yeah, I was wondering you know, about the title. Exactly. I was not really sure. <laughs> yeah, it just it feels weird because it feels like Prince all of a sudden, like in the space of like, you know, 24 hours of recording and releasing the song. You know, it's it seems like he's made himself like an expert on hurricanes, uh, but from what I, I what I gather, obviously he just he you know he'd heard the phrase sea surface temperature, and that just happened to line up with the fact that he was kind of singing Sade's sweetest taboo within this song. I don't think he ever sings it in the same melody as that song, but he just quotes the line and kind of almost kind of sings it basically. Hmm. 
um, you know, like I said, the, the single, you know, the, the um, like to start off with, it was just streamed via the MPG Music Club. Um, and then obviously once it was made available for sale, then the, any kind of sales from the digital download um, and, uh, and, and both SST and Brand New Orleans. Uh, Brand New Orleans, technically speaking, is the B-side, but the track is effectively just 11 minutes long and the first four minutes are SST and the rest is, you know, Brand New Orleans. Um, you know, and uh, like this, this was then, you know, all the kind of profits the Prince got were, from this were, were made available, uh, you know, to the kind of to kind of charity uh, for the hurricane relief. And also a Mavis staple song um, was also kind of um, put on put on the, the website um, called You Will Be Moved. And that was also, you know, the sales for that were also uh, given to charity. Um and there was even like a, there was like a, you could get, you could get the, that, I think you could get that uh, on CD along with the maybe Staples CD in like a special pack. Uh, and obviously that was kind of, it was distributed by Columbia Records that, you know, which was who Prince had a deal with at the time. Um, uh, and then obviously, you know, all the kind of proceeds went to charity. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's one, it's really weird because it's like Prince is watching, you know, the kind of the TV, seeing Hurricane Katrina happening, seeing, you know, the news reports. And, uh, you know, as is his way, he just decides to go into the studio and record a song and put that song up straight away. Um, you know, we also had, I mean, this is, you know, the famous moment, of course, where Kanye said, you know, George Bush doesn't care about black people. And while Mike Myers stood right next to him <laughs> looking kind of, I don't know, shocked or confused or I don't know, it's, it's a funny clip, um, you know, and it, I don't know, just kind of all the more puzzling these days due to the, you know, change of politics of Kanye's. Uh, crazed mind yeah um but yeah i, I don't know it, it the single i don't know it's it's hard to kind of judge the song because it is just literally kind of prince um you know just kind of uh, i don't know jamming on a guitar putting a little bit of keyboard on there doing his own kind of drums you know putting just a little bit of kind of bass on there and kind of just singing this song and kind of double tracking his voice um, and it's you know it's quite a sweet song um, was you know, he obviously was he as uh uh, how say like was he as uh, like relevant with like natural disaster causes before this or like like causes in general? Uh, not really. I I don't I, like I don't think so. I mean, I later on there are a couple of songs that he released. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of them now. Oh, uh, one was Baltimore, uh, mm -hmm. which was which was which was which is the opening track of his final album. Obviously, he he kind of um you know, worked with, uh, you know, Spike Lee quite a lot in the 90s. You know, Spike yeah. Lee had directed one of his, you know, music videos. He'd, he'd given him a song, you know, some songs for Girl 6. He'd given him a song for Bamboozled. You know, he'd contributed mm -hmm. money for Malcolm X. Um, you know, like, basically, um, you know, Prince had kind of, I, I don't know, I, he, he wasn't super political, but occasionally when, you know, a cause kind of came to mind, mm -hmm. Uh, then he was willing to kind of, you know, uh, as always, record a song and use that to express his feelings, um, you know. And this, you know, Baltimore was was about the, uh, uh, you know, the the kind of the deaths of um, oh Freddie Freddie Gray Freddie Gray yeah yeah so the Freddie Gray who died in Baltimore that was that was kind of like what the you know the song was mostly about 
and then also kind of more broadly the whole kind of like Black Lives Matter thing and you know the deaths of you know a couple of other people so I don't know that he was particularly kind of I don't know moved to kind of get involved politically and stuff like this but you know just occasionally you know where he's when he saw stuff like this or you know there's the whole thing in Ferguson and you know he kind of recorded he recorded some stuff there that Mm. kind of mentioned Ferguson as well in a couple of songs so you know I don't know. It's it's kind of it's kind of, it's kind of weird because he was never really kind of super political, mm-hmm. but occasionally he would just I don't know on a whim he would just be like this is it I'm you know and most famously he um he didn't want to be involved in We Are the World <laughs> and and All he right. refused to re- record like uh, Michael Jackson and Quincy Jones had kind of offered him a couple of lines in mm-hmm. that song and he said no I don't want to be I don't want to be on that 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 record. Um, hmm. But instead, he gave them like a, he recorded a song and gave it to them, um, called "For the Tears in Your Eyes." But you know, so like I don't know, he, like Prince when he wanted to get political, it was always on his terms, and it was never, um, you know, kind of. That sounds like at other people's whims. That sounds like him in general, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but I mean, I I like I, I mean I like this song because it is kind of very um, it's like very low key. You know, or even though there is a bit of kind of Prince doing the kind of double track in, mm-hmm. and you know he kind of layers the instruments uh, quite a bit on this, and you know there's this, you know it's it, for something that effectively was written and produced and finished within a day. Uh, there's still quite a lot of production on here, um, and I I just like the sentiment where you know he opens up singing "Who will be a guest in your tent," and obviously you know the the famous image from uh, Katrina, you know aside from the destruction, uh, was the the stadium that was filled with tents, and mm-hmm. you know. I don't know. It's just it's just a great kind of opening line, and it's it's the the thing is as well. Prince's vocals on this, even though once he starts double tracking and triple tracking, kind of later on in the song, they they start to kind of, you know, get a bit more show offy. The kind of this when he starts the opening line, it's very kind of simple and very direct, um, you know, and a, a little bit religious, of course, um, yeah. because because he he can't help but he can't help but go there. Uh, yeah, but I don't yeah, know. I this up kind on of... the religious element a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when when he yeah, particularly when he says, um, you know, who'll be the one in his bed? Certainly not the ones who put the thorns on his head and <laughs> wish him dead while they took his daily bread. <laughs> and it's like, okay, friends, I I think you've kind of you kind of started off in a nice place and then you've turned it just a little bit religious. <laughs> um, but I do. I mean, I do like the chorus. You know, the the kind of which one of you. Uh, sorry, which one is of value to you? The one depleting the oil supply or the one that renews it uh, and keeps the peace? Like the groove in Sade's Sweetest Taboo. And I love the double tracking when he sings Sade's Sweetest Taboo. Um, and he does the kind of, you know, um, a bit of vamping where he's like, you know, give it to me, give it to me, the sweetest, give it to me, give it to me. And it's and it's almost like he's about to start singing Sweetest Taboo, <laughs> but then he doesn't, he just kind of stops a little bit short. Um, you know, but I don't know. I I love the kind of, you know, did you let them die in the rain, endless war, poverty, or hurricane? Uh, then it's time for another groove. <laughs> like Shadow's Sweetest Taboo. It's such a weird thing for him to put in there, but I love how he kind of... He's been kind of very serious, you know, asking, um, you know, are you going to be happy with how your life has been spent? You know, do you have arms, mm-hmm. uh, open arms for each and everybody you met? Like, that kind of sentiment. But then he still throws in this, like, Sweetest Taboo thing. And I don't know. It, in some ways, it kind of makes me laugh just a little bit because it's like... It's such a weird kind of twist for him to put in there, and you know he never he never kind of really talks about you know, he never says Katrina in here, you know he never says New Orleans, he, like he he doesn't really kind of make it explicit what it's about. But at the same way, in the same way, it kind of feels like that's how Prince, like this is Prince's view of the world. Hmm. It's like 
you know he he the sentiment he wants to express is you know who's who who will be the the kind of you know, the guest in your tent which you know is a is is a simple enough sentiment and then after that it kind of it just turns very prince like um you know and then you know the yeah. kind of the brand new orleans which is the kind of final 6 minutes of the song is just him kind of um you know just kind of grooving um, and I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird because it just ends up feeling like a six-minute outro, uh, rather than a separate song. But I don't know. It's, it's still quite. It's quite a fun kind of, like once you've had the kind of preaching at the beginning of you know thorns on his head and all that kind of stuff. It's nice just to kind of listen to Prince kind of, uh, I don't know, just kind of have fun and kind of you know lighten the mood just a little bit with this the kind of you know with Brand New Orleans. Yeah, it's it's meant to be very uh, direct and not specific. Like it's uh, his, uh, like his targets are very clear, but he's not outright saying, uh, you know, who the targets are. But uh, it, it's, I don't know. It, and I, it's a, it's a kind of odd song because, um, you know, like like I said, like if Prince could get away with doing this every mm-hmm. day, he would have, you know, just record a song finish it off and then stick it on the internet and have people download it the next day. Like that felt like that's what he was aiming for when he started the MPG music club. Um, and yeah. in Make, some makes ways, me wonder, makes me wonder like what he would have done, uh, with like Charlottesville or like other stuff post 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. I think, you know, in many ways, uh, like the kind of political landscape after Prince's death only got more political and has only like, you know, we've only had bigger tragedies since kind of Katrina and since Prince's death that it does feel like it would be nice to know what Prince's thoughts on the subject would be. Uh, though I think eventually they would end up turning to, you know, have you taken Jesus Christ as your saviour? Like, <laughs> that seems to always be his end goal sometimes in songs. Is like, it's he starts out in one place and finishes up with, you know, uh, you know, have you been reborn? Are you taking Christ as your saviour? And, and you have to go, wait there, hold on a second. We, we started somewhere else at the beginning of this, Prince. Uh, that wasn't where we started. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I think the fun thing about this song is just knowing that, you know, 24 hours before it was streamed, it didn't exist. And it was just Prince, you know, seeing this tragedy mm. on the TV and the, doing the only thing that he kind of knew how to do, um, you know, which was kind of just, you know, being like, I'm going to record a song, I'm going to put it out there and that can that can act as my, you know, my, my helping out. Uh, you know, he was never going to be able to go down there and like give out water or, you know, whatever. Um, you know, I don't think, Prince, I mean, there's not mm. to say that Prince couldn't, you know, I don't know, stick some kind of, uh, I don't know, a high-vis jacket on and some sto- you know, steel toe cap mm-hmm. boots and just go down there and start doing some work. But I, I just think it would have, it would have drawn too much attention. So him recording a song and kind of giving away the money is the only way that he can kind of contribute. And, you know, it's nice that he did it. Yeah. This is something that Curtis Mayfield, Curtis Mayfield did in the 60s with the, uh, I always forget the name of his old group before I went solo. I don't know why I always forget their name, but... Um, the Impressions? Like he, yes, there are Impressions. It's, a, it's, such a, it's such, a, such a forgettable name, that's a problem. It makes no impression. But um, their music is great. But uh, Curtis Mayfield, with the Impressions, they would record a few songs uh, in the turn some rights movement that were about the movement that, kind of like what Prince did, like this watching TV... They were just watching TV and was like, oh, we should make songs about this injustice. And so they kind of became like the, the, like the, like the famous group that would do like political songs. But also, Curtis Mayfield uh, never voted in a single election his whole life. 
So, I mean, so I'm going to say for at least part of that, he wouldn't have been eligible to vote. So, that's kind of understandable. Well, like, but, uh, yeah. you know, he was born in '42, so I mean, you know, he he wouldn't have had the vote when he was when he turned like 18 or 19 or whatever because he wouldn't that's have been eligible true. to vote. So, I can. But he still that. never never voted for the rest of his life, though. Like, well, there are some people that speculate Prince did a similar thing, where where he never huh. he never really expressed which political party he was in favor of, but he also never was one to, I don't know, go to the polling booth. Uh, weird thing is, they both died age fifty seven. Um, oh, yeah. So uh, they have that in common. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard for me to grade these because first of all, Brand New Orleans is just effectively like a musical outro. Um, for for six minutes, so, so I don't know how to really. Uh, I don't. I guess it's enjoyable enough. So I would say like maybe I don't know three out of five for Brand New Orleans, um, and I would say for SST, I just love Prince singing the words Sade's sweetest taboo. Like I just think that's a that's a wonderful thing, and his voice is so kind of like gentle and welcoming, and um, I don't know. It's it's a little bit different to the stuff that he was putting out in kind of two thousand five, two thousand six anyway. So I don't know. I'd say maybe four out of five for SST. Um, so kind of they average out to about three and a half. Uh, for me, it's like straight down the middle. It's not, it's memorable, but I'm probably not going to listen to this uh, a whole lot. So you'd say three out of five? Yeah, three. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Prince never performed it live. Should go without saying, um, you know, the, he basically just recorded it for, you know, for the sake of raising a bit of money. Um, and that was pretty much it. Obviously, you know, later on in his life, he, when he died, you know, it was revealed that he'd actually given a, a lot of money away to charity over his lifetime and he'd funded a number of projects kind of anonymously. Uh, so, you know, it just, it feels to me like, uh, you know, if you're Prince and the only thing you can do is record a song and use that to raise money, then, you know, that's the best thing for you to do. Um, so, you know, and, and I think this was, you know, a, a nice effort, um, you know. And yeah. uh, again, it, it, I don't know, it's just such a hard song to judge, you know, it, it, like... It's it's kind of weird because it's not like you can feel like a visceral reaction from Prince. It's not like he's angry about the the destruction. You know, he isn't kind of saying you know George Bush doesn't care about black people. You know, he's just kind of trying to kind of get people together and have them kind of rally around and stuff. And that's kind of what it feels like. Um, and I kind of like that sentiment. I, I just like I just like the idea of Prince just watching TV and and feeling kind of motivated and just being like I've got to do something, but what can I do and you know, this is the only thing he, he's ever known how to do. And, you know, it worked out fairly well. So um, I feel like we've said about as much as we can about SST or Brand New Orleans. So let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug? Uh, yes. Uh, I um, I used to do a podcast, High and Low, a Kurosawa podcast with former Gus Stroll. But we uh, finished up all Kurosawa stuff. And so now we moved on to Spike Lee. Uh, we cut heads a Spike Lee podcast. It will debut in March or April. Uh, and you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast. Or you can email us, not sure why you would, at Prince Track by Track at gmail.com. Thanks for watching being my guest here, Spencer. Yeah. And otherwise, goodbye. <laughs>